So, uh, do you guys ever watch the Waltons? Yeah, and I think they still have Walton movies on the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you like are you a boomer to I, know of the Waltons? I you know what? Because it seems like well they I'm do boomer adjacent. <laughs> they do transcend generations. The Waltons yeah. do. Yeah, no, no, a very boring program. Right, and, and it's like if you thought Leave It to Beaver was a little bit too edgy. Right, yeah. So, but the end at the end of the Waltons are always like, "Good night, Hoss. Good night, John." <laughs> yeah. and all the siblings say good night. Yeah, the city of Buffalo's got if if a couple of county legislators have their way, one fewer sibling to say good night to, like the Waltons do. Like, because I assume at the end of every day, uh, Byron Brown just rotates around city his office in city hall and says good night to all the sister cities of buffalo joe larigo and the republicans in the county ledge have said that they would like to see the city of buffalo drop its sister city status with tiver t-v-e-r in russia and say we're no longer sister cities with you so we won't say good night to you when we're saying good night big hoss and, and how, bobby joe how would this help or hurt the russian cause yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, like, I guess, like, if you're a fan of the show, listening in Tiver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might, you might have some. It, it it does literal nothing, right? Like, I yes, people ha- from this Russian city have in the past come to Buffalo for whatever reason um, to like, I don't know, check out like the healthcare system and shit like that. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, and here, here's my thing with it, too, is, like, so Buffalo has two sister cities in Ukraine. Yes. If one of them had said, hey, as a show of solidarity with us, your sister city in Ukraine, we would like you to drop this Russian city. Okay. Fine. Uh, okay, what, we can do that. Fine, whatever. It's symbolic, and it's it'll symbolic make you feel better. and it makes you feel better. Fucking fine. Right. Joe Larigo asking. Just coming out of nowhere. Just, like, you know. The reason why Joe Larigo is doing this is because, and I used to work for the county ledge, and I worked there. We were in the majority for a while. We were in the minority for a while. Ralph Moore, who is still the commissioner, the Republican commissioner of the Board of Elections, um, was back then, used to say, when you're in the minority, propose anything. Just anything you want. What do you got to lose? That's the thing. Because if it gets through, you can say, even though I'm in the minority, I got this through. And if, if it doesn't get through, you could say, those bastards in the majority wouldn't let me get through. Yeah. So they're going to go out there and say, well, we should stop being sister cities with a city in Russia. What I, I don't think it matters one fucking lick. Like, it's, it, it's not like all of a sudden, like, Putin is going to get, like, a proclamation at his table, desk and he'll be like, oh, Buffalo dropped us as a sister city? Call off well, the invasion. Well, let, let me ask you this. Who knows what information Vladimir Putin gets or doesn't get? If he's ready to hit that nuke button, right, and he sees that Buffalo has dropped Tiver, this, Tiver, as, Tiver as a sister city, thank you. Are we the first place to go? Well, I mean, maybe. Uh, who, uh, who in the in the Common Council spot? Why take the chance? It? Right, yeah. Uh, we want to normalize relations with Tiver. Where, you right, know, right. We, we also we also want to normalize relations with uh, Ghana, where we're. Sister cities with, and I just pulled up the sister cities of Buffalo. Abidze State in Ghana, Bursa in Turkey. We definitely want to normalize relationship yeah, with them. All, all that. Cape Coast, Ghana. There's two. We have two sister cities in Ghana. We really. Sure. Buffalo's got a lot of love to spread. Buffalo love. Changzhou, China. Um, Dortmund, Germany. 
Uh, Drohobich, oh. Ukraine. Horvlika, Ukraine. Kiryat Gat, Israel. Uh, Lille, France. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't yeah, know okay. we had a sister city in France. Right. Uh, Redshaw, Poland. Siena, Italy. St. Anne in Jamaica. Oh, we should visit St. Anne. We should visit. Uh, we, should, we should visit all our sister cities. We should visit all our sister cities. We'll all wear, we're, we're, we'll wear sashes with the seal of Buffalo on yeah, them. They'll know yeah. us. Yeah. They, they right, say, yeah. "Oh, you're from our sister city." Right? Yeah. We'll be welcomed warmly. Donate massive amounts of money to our Patreon so that we can go to all of our sister cities. Tormajor, <laughs> Italy, uh, now, and and of course Tiver. Now you all know that I grew up in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and there's a very special relationship between Dunkirk, New York, and Dunkirk, France. There was a, it started in the war, I think. Dunkirk to Dunkirk, there was a whole connection there. So um, that's a bond that will never break. Mm. I feel if I were to ever just show up there, they would welcome me with open arms. Right. Like, like, like a newborn Charles de Gaulle. That's right. Yeah. So I've got that as a backup plan. I think maybe Buffalo has too many siblings. Yeah. And it's okay to get rid of one. All, all right. right. Whatever. We're saying goodnight. Goodnight, goodnight <laughs> to all our sister cities. <laughs> We're saying hello to our friends because we're at the square. Hi, friends. You're back at the square. You're back. Hey, I'm back. You miss me? I, you know how they do like the, the George W. Bush stickers back in the day? Well, miss me yet? Well, we were joking. Re was locked out last week, but the lockout has been resolved. The lockout's been resolved. Rehive, you can all rest easy. I'm not going anywhere, baby. Okay, who the, loves the you? wiggle butt hive? No, you, oh, no, you oh. jackals, you <laughs> fucking jagaloons get to call yourself Snake and Diamond Jim, and you try to put that on me. Yeah, we beat you to the punch. No, okay? you didn't. No, yeah. you didn't. Eh, reject it. Are you Crosby, Stills, or Nash? No, no, and, and that's the other thing. No, you try to make me Steven Stills. <laughs> no, 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 Fuck no, 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 off the both of you. Well, which one do you you want to be, Graham Nash? I'll give, I'll give you Graham Nash. I'm definitely more of a Graham Nash. Okay, well, I'll be Steven Stills. You'll be Steven Stills. Okay. I'll, I'll still be David Crosby. You can still be David Crosby. <laughs> okay. okay, it's settled. All right, simmer down a I'm, little bit. I'm all, okay. I'm all worked up. All I'm right. coming in on a heater. All right. <laughs> I know I know. it's St. Patrick's Day today. It is. And you, it and, is. And you've had a lot of beers, but I don't want any trouble today. Yeah, okay? that's right. You don't You don't want the smoke. Um, <laughs> no, it's re. It's Jim. Jim. Diamond Jim. And it's Ryan. Snake. Yep. Uh, they're still making that happen. Um, <laughs> much like Fetch. Anyways. Fans love it. They, they love. It's not Fetch. They love us. Wait wait till we get the Wigglebus t-shirts. They love us. So we're here on, well, you guys are listening on St. Patrick's Day. We're recording on Sunday. Um, we're drinking like it's St. Patrick's you, Day. You, you guys are drinking like it's St. Patrick's Day. I drank like it's St. Patrick's Day all weekend, oh. and now I'm, now I'm paying for my sins. Yeah. I, was, I was hanging out with Buffalo Troll last night. He does, he does a, a wonderful Tucker Carlson impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wish you were here to do it. I know, I know. He's, oh man, so funny. But uh, no, we're, we're chilling. We're vibing. I, I, dude, I am so excited for the parade weekend. I love St. Patrick's Day. Um, I'm I'm a partisan to the old first ward parade. That's the real the real heads know that's what's up. The uh, the Delaware parades for amateurs, of course. You know you see like uh, 
I don't know, people who have never really drank before in their life just binge drinking on, on Delaware and, and vomiting green all yeah. over the place. I mean, to be fair, that is actually what's true of most of the time on Delaware in in the city of Buffalo is that that's where the amateurs go, right? It's either Delaware and Chippewa or Delaware and Allen. That's where you see the amateurs at most. Let me tell you, I've seen some shit during that St. Patrick's Day parade on Delaware. I will. I've seen this woman fall into like a concrete uh, cement block and had a goose as big as her fist on her forehead, crying in a cop's arms. I've seen people fucking and getting blown. This is is what it's crazy. It's, it's debauchery. I I was, I was at, uh, was at a, a friend's, the front apartment, they, they had the apartment right at Delaware and Allen, you know, where Coulter Bay is. Mm-hmm. They were on the second floor, and they had the corner apartment. Oh, sure. So it was oh, fantastic for the parade. But I was working for social services at the time for, with child protection, and we're watching the parade, and somebody says, hey, is anybody watching that kid sitting in the garbage can by themselves? Yeah. And as, you know, as a mandated reporter, right. I said, well, I am now. Yeah. I mean, the, I the, hope that kid's okay. The beauty of the first ward parade is it's like all the inveterate alcoholics who are just like, yeah, okay, this is like another weekend for me. But the now, pros, but the now, pros. I, but now I have beads. So <laughs> right, well, because like they ran in the Shamrock Run the weekend before, oh, and no. they just stayed there at Adolph's the entire week, right. Yeah, right, drinking. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's so, right. So we've got a little bit of an offer for our Square Podcast fans. Jim, but Diamond Jim over here is giving out because the pandemic's over. Free makeouts or. Or five dollar makeout sessions, uh, free or five dollar. We'll we'll negotiate. No, nobody wants anything if it's free. If you put like a little bit of a That's price right. tag right. on it, right. so five demand. Right? Yeah. I mean, we can negotiate down to like three. De- sure. Depending on how I look. Okay. Uh, but at the corner of Delaware and Edward, we'll be doing uh, "Kiss Me, I'm COVID." Yes. We've already, I mean, we've already given away a date with with Diamond Jim. So, <laughs> right. What's what's a what's a kiss here? Right. For well, our this isn't really a giveaway because we'll be charging at the. Oh, that's true. We'll be charging entry fees. Well, if you really want to pay us, uh, you can actually <laughs> subscribe. I, I like to get the the fundraising hour out of the way early on. We are on Patreon. Uh, find us at the Square Podcast on Patreon, and uh, give us money five bucks a month. What's it do you? No harm, no fall, and you feel good. It gives you the warm and fuzzies in your tum tum. Um, also, follow us on Discord. Uh, the Discord, it's always popping, guys. I love, mm-hmm. I love the Discord. I love talking to people. Um, they they give us a lot of content for the show, um, for the news of the week stuff because. They're on it like hawks. So our hardcore listeners, our hardcore fans, we love you, baby. But we got some news of the week, Jim. We do have uh, every week. It keeps happening. I thought maybe this week there'd be no news. I want to scream. It just doesn't stop. Well, but we've got news. Well, so uh, our best grifter friend, cha-ching, Todd with a capital A Aldinger. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a little baby, shit his diapers. Right. <laughs> Allegedly. We Alleged- don't want to get sued. We don't want to get sued. Allegedly. To the best of our knowledge, did not shit his diapers, but may have shit his diapers. Uh, you know what? We don't have all the facts. Right, right. Uh, uh, he's, he is. We're on a fact-finding mission. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, he is. His his diapers are shit-free until proven otherwise. So uh, this guy, uh, this guy, Alding, right? He was running for Congress. Is that was well, that the idea? Well, yeah. Well, in addition to like him being the attorney. Uh, for every single conservative and Republican who wanted to sue the county or the state in the area, especially about mandates or Gail Burstein making money on overtime. Uh, he was also going to run 
to the right of Chris Jacobs in the new 24th Congressional District. He has since dropped out. Uh, we talked about last week, Ryan and I did, uh, how he's waging a war against the Buffalo News. and He's, yeah, he's, yeah. Going, to, he's going to end the Buffalo News because he's going to get everybody to cancel their subscription. Well, it sounds like the Buffalo News won because he's heading out of town. Right, yeah. yeah so <laughs> Evidently. It, it, uh, he, he has since said that he is, he's dropping out. He's endorsing Andrew McCarthy. No, not yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, for Congress. Yeah. And he's moving to Florida. He has also since deleted his Twitter account. Damn. But on his tw- on the tweet in which he announced he was leaving the state, a whole bunch of whiners are like, this state sucks. Right. This, you're not good enough, or you're too good for this state. And I'm like, why don't all these fuckers leave, too? What, right. what's, what's holding you back? Go fucking move to Florida. Get the fuck out. And so, uh, but he, like... Wholeheartedly endorsed Andrew McCarthy. Called like like he, he criticized Lee Zeldin as like a, a shitty Republican. Not Lee Zeldin. Not Lee Zeldin. Not the Lee Zeldin. The legend. Did I tell you guys I saw a, a Zeldin sign outside of Binghamton? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah we we're we we're driving through there and like I saw the only fucking Lee Zeldin sign I've ever seen and probably will ever deal. see in my life. M- must be a family member. <laughs> must be Lee Zeldin himself. <laughs> That's, it's like Dave Zeldin. Yeah. Were you going to Binghamton to visit Lee Zeldin? Yes. Oh. And I went to his house and I saw a sign. Uh, no, yeah, no. Fuck, whatever. I don't care. I mean, I, ca- I care. This Aldinger guy is just a, a, f- what, a friggin' nerd. So, so Aldinger is gone, but like McCarthy is insane. He, I mean, he is running to the right of Chris Jacobs. His pinned tweet that M- McCarthy is an old voter registration form for Chris Jacobs when Chris Jacobs changed the Democratic Party back in 1998. And it's, it's, there's nothing blacked out on it. It has Chris Jacobs' address in the city of Buffalo. It has his, at, it, I hope at that time, I hope it's no longer his cell phone number, but it has his cell phone number on there. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, he just, it, it and uh, he was tweeting this week about, I, I don't know if you guys saw Mass and Cawthorn. The shithead Republican from North Carolina who was like, you know, the president of Ukraine is a thug and and Ukraine is a shitty country and we shouldn't be supporting Ukraine because they're they're just as bad, if not worse, than Russia. And this McCarthy was like, yeah, he's right. Everything he's saying is right. Anybody who's criticizing him is, is a rhino. Um, and he went off on like Mitt Romney and like Lynn Cheney, and uh, he's he he actually this McCarthy was tweeting this week how Republicans are too good to trans people. Wow. Okay. Sure. That fa- fame Republicans famous for being good to the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. Just. Um, fuck me, man. There's some real sickos and freaks. That but are- I mean, so like. You know, around here, look. I mean, he's going to be—he's running for Congress in this district around here. He's got a fundraiser in New York City on St. Patrick's Day that's like twenty-five hundred dollars a head, and he's got like fifteen people on the organizing committee. He's going to end up raising some money, and I don't think he's got a chance against Jacobs. If Jacobs has so much money, he's going to make some noise. I mean, we're going to be talking about him. This is not going to be the last time you hear us talk about Great. this insane person. Great. Love to talk about these people. <laughs> I mean, awesome. I mean, the only thing that we have going for us right now, McCarthy Watch, is that uh, no, we're not doing McCarthy. We'll just talk about is, him. is that is that the Buffalo News hasn't covered him yet because the Buffalo News, while they love like crazy Republican like Mike Caputo, 
they also love Chris Jacobs yes. and they don't want to do anything to hurt Chris Jacobs. Right, right. Yeah, whatever. We'll keep an eye on it. It's another whack job who's running for Congress, but even more so. And, you know, they just got like the true believers. The right. I mean, it's, dead it's, eyes. it's, it's, it's can, can we, can New York State support a Masson Cawthorn? You know, Lauren Borbert, Marjorie Taylor Greene type of like. Probably. Republican. I mean, yes, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah and, it's, and, it's, I mean, it, he's Dan Crenshaw without the eye patch. Well, and like the thing is, there's people on the other side. So you, you have to think about it, too. Like people love to have somebody to be mad at. That's the big reason why, in fact, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, um, whoever you name it, they love to have people to be mad at. There's a whole like fucking media ecosphere and like a political fundraising ecosphere where if you have a, a target to be really mad at then you'll give more money that's what the Re- republicans do with ilhan omar right right no it's, you know, I mean, it's aoc it's, yeah it's absolutely like it's one of the reasons why like brian higgins is such a piece of shit is because he doesn't move the needle for literally anyone I mean, he's he's so milk toast and so middle of the road that like Republicans don't campaign against Brian Higgins. Like, if they want to campaign against Brian Higgins, they bring up AOC or Nancy Pelosi because like he's so middle of the road, do nothing. Uh, and you're so you're right. Like, like it, it having somebody who's this far right and in that district is incredibly insanely right leaning. Yeah. So like. Normally, I would say he's got no chance because Jacobs has more money than God and he's the incumbent Republican congressman. But I don't know, that district's crazy. I mean, also, too, in all practicality, he'll probably vote very much the same way as Jacobs. You know, you'll see very little difference in actual voting because Chris Jacobs, for as milquetoast a Republican figure as he is, was pretty much right there in line with Donald Trump and, you know. Right. I mean, the only thing I would expect, actually, uh, as somebody like McCarthy, is that he would vote less. He would right. He would He would show up to fewer votes because he'd be more, he'd be busier fundraising or flying to some other, like, insane person's district. Right. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> well, we, we, we talked about, uh, you know, Lee Zeldin here. Or we might as well talk about maybe other potential governor candidates, guys. There might be a candidate who's out there who, a name you might know, a name you might love, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Ah, you, you give the slide whistle. But some polling out there. Jim, you you br- brought this to our attention. So, yeah, the, uh, the polling, uh, I think it was Quinnipiac uh, did the polling. And Cuomo was, was, in, was, was within striking distance of Hochul in the governor's primary race, in the Democratic primary. Not within striking distance, really, of uh, Tish James and the Attorney General's campaign, but within striking distance of Hochul, which, you know, obviously, if you're Hochul, that's disconcerting. If you're Andrew Cuomo, well, who knows what's going through your head, but, like, you're probably happy with it. But really, the person who probably likes this the most would be Jumani Williams. Fucking, dude, Cuomo's not running for governor. I mean, hey... You could play this clip to own me when he does run for governor and win. He's not. I, I think it's more likely he might be thinking of like a Senate run or something, something to like keep his name out there to keep him relevant. All the people that work with Kathy Hochul, like everybody who was like uh, was was tight with Andrew Cuomo, they've moved on to Kathy Hochul because she's a better vehicle for it. She doesn't have the baggage that Cuomo has. She, you know, hey, willing to work with the business community, grease the wheels, 
uh, you know, have her sip of wine and, and get, get the ball rolling here. So Hochul is, she's better for business than, than Andrew Cuomo would be at this point. I I think that, yes, I, I agree with you there. I think that, you know, were he to actually announce for governor, the mon- the money that's already solidified behind Kathy Hochul, you would see a little bit of peel off, but I think the majority of them would stay behind Kathy Hochul because they think she's better for business. I just don't see what other else he could run for. The polling shows he gets crushed by Tish James because it's it'd be one on one. He's not going to run for something that's not statewide. So what's he going to do? Primary Chuck Schumer. He always wanted to run for president. That's yeah. yeah. But and you and the for the majority of people outside of Joe Biden, basically going back to Eisenhower, like the way you become president is you go governor to president. You you don't go Senate to president. I don't know. They probably wouldn't run for Senate. I don't know what he's doing. I, I think I in the back of my mind, I think he does want to be run for president someday. I I think that's probably true. I just I, I think I actually th- I think he really wants to run for governor. I think he he feels like like he's like. The Deshaun Watson of politics. I wasn't proven guilty. That means I'm innocent. It's funny though. I mean, I, again, I don't. I at the end of the day, I don't think he runs for governor. But I think it's very funny that he's polling so well still. Right. It's it's crazy that he's polling as well as he is. I mean, that's hilarious that he's he's polling like 33 percent in a four way primary. What's he doing? Like he's spending all this money on like TV advertisements in like the major metro markets, especially in upstate trying to rehabilitate his image uh, to what end? Like, I, I mean, he's a narcissist. He's I mean, a I mean, he, egomaniac, yeah. you know, and, and he can't do anything else with the money. Really? <laughs> right. Just Andrew Cuomo, like, <laughs> like rehabilitation. Right, I mean, like this is what, this is what Gian should have done with his money that he had for oh, years. Yeah. That'd been a great, maybe he could have actually run for something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he could have run for something this year as opposed to just being a joke about running for something. No. Well, We'll keep an eye on it for for Prince Andy um, locally, guys. There were two, I believe, right? Two more, three. three. Okay, three more Starbucks locations that have voted to become union shops here in Western New York, in and Buffalo. and uh, another one uh, filed petitions. I think yesterday for an election, and it was like a Williamsville store. If you were, you know, a Republican normie staying at home going, well, it's just Cheektowaga and City of Buffalo voting for unions or in this next round of voting, Depew, which like they could not care less about the, the village of Depew. Uh, they wouldn't care. But now it's now it's really hitting home when Williamsville is thinking about becoming a unionized shop. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out, because, again, we've talked about it here winning the union vote is like it's a very important first step towards that end but it's also the first step and there's going to be a long road ahead for all of these shops all these workers who will have to then you know it's one thing to organize and form form union it's another to negotiate and to have like a coherent strategy for what you're asking for you know from the the corporation that, that you are you're working for as a as a united front so it would be curious to see like what these stores like how their actual negotiating looks like because they've led the way on unionizing in the country with three more stores i mean that's five stores in the buffalo market now that have, have voted to unionize right i think a lot of the other markets in this country are waiting to see what kind of cba the the buffalo market's able to pull off i i hope they're getting good attorneys in line and i i hope they're going to line up a, a good cba 
a, a big reason you do something like this is if you feel as though your employer is not listening to your your needs or your wants or you as an employee you know organization you just feel like your needs are not being met in a proper way or they're not responding to them again like we've talked about how the workers at Starbucks in the middle of a pandemic no less have had to like just keep Keep going out there, public facing, getting the TikTok drinks, as Michelle Eisen right. told us about. Uh, the the Onion did a, a neat little story this week about how uh, the union corporate was busting the unions in Starbucks by hiring Pinkertons to order like very specific mind <laughs> drinks. Yeah, I mean, again, like this is a hundred percent on Starbucks did this to themselves, you know. Frankly, that they did not listen to, they they didn't even try. It sounds like to right. no, to meet their people people yeah, halfway, and, and so and, all right, and, fucking and, unions are going to pop up. I mean, insane hubris, and it's it's not just like Starbucks is a very forward facing organization that we're seeing this happen. Every fucking national news organization is writing about the Great Resignation right now. And you do see a lot of workers trying to call back or reclaim some of the negotiating strength that maybe workers used to have in the past. And whether it's individual-based or whether it's because they join a collective bargaining agreement, that's happening. Well, and especially especially in the retail and the food service industries. Because to me, it's like... To me, it's more of a problem. Like, frankly, I'm looking, I look at the Starbucks thing and I'm like, the food service and the retail industries in this country, they were due for a serious reckoning. Yes. You know, like it, they were able to get away with shit for so long and this pandemic hit and they thought, all right, business as usual. And they lost a huge chunk of that available work pool. And so the work pool they had then was a bit more scarce. And they, you know, finally said, we're sick of dealing with this. And we, you know, we're able to demand and have a, a more of a position of strength to do they so. They put their lives on the line for food service, for health care, for a lot of other things. And they want some compensation for the sacrifices yeah. they made. And, and, and what you were saying is national, national or international, like Starbucks, the way they're running things is that they were running things in states like New York or Oregon, which have some decent worker protection laws in those states. And they were treating them like they lit, worked in like fucking Arkansas or Oklahoma or Texas, where minimum wage is, is the federal minimum wage. And you like you, those are states where like if you work 12 hours, you don't get any breaks by st- state law. You don't get a lunch. You don't get 15 minute breaks. None of that. Whereas, like in in your northeastern and your west, your far western states, maybe like if you work four hours, you should get a fifteen minute break. Mm-hmm. But they were treating people in the Buffalo market like they worked in one of those states that was seven twenty five dollars, seven twenty five an hour, where you didn't get breaks. And they're saying work twelve hours, no lunch, no breaks, get shit on. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this. This is not how this works. Mm-hmm not going to work out for you and the hubris from starbucks was like you know we talked to michelle eisen and starbucks said when buffalo had a couple of stores that they want to unionize that starbucks was like well maybe a handful of stores will want to unionize and now it's like what like 75 or 80 stores and it's and it just keeps every single day it seems like there's another people are hungry another store saying we're going to unionize yeah they brought it on themselves and what what, and and, uh, like anything when there's blood in the water Finally, people who were working in in this organization, working in retail, working in food service, saw that they actually had a chance to 
to reclaim some strength. There was some blood in the water. Starbucks, because they didn't take this seriously, didn't didn't actually come to the, the plate and say, we'll, we'll do what we can to prevent this from happening. They Their way of preventing this from happening was to just make people go to, like, required meetings and say yeah. unions are bad. Yeah. Right. They basically just said, piss off. And, right. Okay. Well, right. Okay. You right. Get, you get... You get what's coming to you, mm-hmm. and that's that's what's happening to Starbucks right now. So we will obviously keep an eye on that because we've been keeping an eye on that. Uh, you know what else we keep an eye on? <laughs> we keep an eye on the Nate Watch. Uh, Nate Watch. Nate Watch. Woo, woo. Yeah, Nate. Nate, uh, it might be getting a little bit too uh, how's, how's meta, the, boys. How's the father to my stepchildren doing? Oh, Jesus. We're, we're getting... No. We might be breaking the fourth wall here finally because yeah. I think he's on to us. I think, I think he gets... I think he... Like, you think, uh, I think he might He be. might be getting us. We have a Nate tweet here. Well, you know... And it's a good sentiment. Oh, right? sure. Let's just preface this. It's sure. a good sentiment. I, I mean... But it's... Sure. It's twee. It's cringe, right? Well, it, well, it's twee. It's cringe. It's also a lot of... Excuse me, Ben Shapiro. Ben, uh, virtue sig- signaling oh, right. that I would be on the front lines of fucking uh, going to the war in Ukraine. Yeah, no, I mean, Nate, <laughs> self-aggrandizing as the uh, the initial tweet of I'm going to go to the front lines of, of Ukraine or I, I'll, I'll put me in coach. I'll go um, was. But this one now, I'm afraid we're on the brink of full scale war. We need to prepare for the likelihood. Not saying this to scare you. I'm saying it because truth is hard to see in real time. Be strong. Slow to anger. Temperate and kind. And pray I'm wrong. Pray you can mock this tweet later. Heart. We don't need to pray about it, do we? <laughs> no. To, to, which, to which Buffalo Troll... <laughs> Buffalo Troll... Rest easy. He, he tweeted, Rest easy, we mock this and all your other tweets in real time. <laughs> I love the troll. He's so funny, man. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> the f- okay, sure, dude. Like, yeah, it's scary. I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope we don't go to war. Maybe it happens. Uh, Maybe I, it I mean, does. I, 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 I want to go to war. I, I hope there's no nuclear war, whether we're involved right. or not. Official square stance, no war. Right, yeah. We're, like, we're very anti-war here. Um, but but this, we need to prepare for this likelihood. What the fuck are you going to do to prepare? Oh, well, there's a nuclear war happening. Let me prepare for that. Right. Shut the fuck up. You know what he has to do to prepare? Introduce his kids to me, All right. their new stepfather. <laughs> do you have a bunker you can you can uh, uh, hollow in? Or? Dude, if there's but nuclear if they, war... I have a shovel, and they can start digging a bunker oh, for us. Okay. If there's nuclear war, like the kids would be vaporized, we'll be vaporized. <laughs> like what? There's nothing that we could do to prepare for this likelihood. So... All you're really doing is just like scaremongering, you know, right. like what the fuck, man? And uh, OK, <laughs> be strong, slow to anger. Like, yeah, I'm uh, in the room with Vladimir Putin and we're, you know, we're, we're face to face. And I, I'm telling him like, now, hold on. If I learn anything from 1950s educational videos, all you have to do is hide under your desk. Uh, let's see. I, safe. I, I was thinking, like, if I learn anything from Street Fighter 2 Turbo it's that Vladimir Putin, also known as M. Bison, is the last boss. Yeah. And uh, uh, if, if I learn how to block correctly, I can definitely defeat him. Well, great. So uh, I, I think like I think I could take Vladimir Putin in a one-on-one fight. If he is M. Bison, he uses the exact same moves as M. Bison. Mm-hmm. Block, block, parry. Right. If yeah. he uses any of the different moves, yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah. But yeah. I do know that he no longer has his black belt in Taekwondo because they took it away from him. Oh, well, that, 
There goes all that skill. <laughs> there goes there goes all that skill and training that he's he's had. Yeah. No. I. Whatever. 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 Nick. Pray. 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 We mock. Pray. We can mock this tweet later. Like, shut up. <laughs> Corny motherfucker. Um. <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh, Jim, they're busting. Oh no, no, they're not busting. The, well, they are busting the sticker shops. But yeah, was, yeah, we, the, the sticker shops are bucket, busting two back. Two weeks ago, the, sti- the sticker shops are trying to butt. Well, they're not busting anything. Tell us about the sticker shops. They're sticker doing shop. good. They're doing good. They're, they're they're doing good in the neighborhood. They're like they're like uh, Applebee's. Yeah, they're like Applebee's. They're doing good in the neighborhood. Uh, the sticker shop in Chicawaga, the one that got busted for uh, a variety of issues that we talked about, in, in you know. And Flynn was like, well, I'm not going to charge the kid who sold it because it's not illegal to sell stickers. Newsflash. So they, would they find the, the owner of the shop, right? Well, they, they, charged, or, the, they charged the owner, uh, or they're going to charge the owner with possession. Okay. Because you know, even under the state law, because it's not legal to run dispensaries yet, there's a limit on how much you can have. Right. So they want to charge the owner with too much possession. But... So this this sticker shop was like, well, we'll do something good for the community. We're going to donate school supplies to school, uh, elementary school in Chicktawaga. Book bags, pencils, pens, crayons, that type of thing. Paper, right, yeah, yeah, erasers. Right, sure. Yeah, that's all okay. your Lisa Frank binders that you could possibly get. Diamond Jim, who could argue against that? I mean... Who'd be against that? Who doesn't want a trapper keeper? Oh, I love trapper keepers. Let's, the Lisa Frank ones especially. Right, yeah. Well, the town of Cheek Dewaga said, no. Whoa. We don't want... Too good for that, huh? We don't want your marijuana-scented <laughs> school supplies. Yeah. Okay. Now, I got to tell you, the town of Cheek Dewaga school district... Yeah. There's multiple school districts in the town of Cheek Dewaga, but the Cheek Dewaga school districts, none of them have the money to be throwing away school supplies. Correct. Well, they didn't throw them away. They gave them back. They gave, yeah, they give him back. And, he, and he's trying to find now, somewhere he, else he can give. Right. Yeah, is anybody willing to take these school supplies? Yeah. Uh, it's, they're going to end up in Clarence. Yeah. How do you, I don't know, whatever. I, I mean. Just moral like, grandstanding for sure, no good reason. Sure. What, what, what are you actually trying to prove? There? Right. Because well, right. they said, well, we don't want to accept them because we have to explain to the kids where we got them. So what? First of all, no, yeah. you don't. Well, yeah. yeah, first of yeah. all, you don't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what? And no, you don't. Is, are like equal. <laughs> that's one in one a. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, like what? What seven year old is like? Hey, where'd you get this stuff? Like, with it, uh, they're it, not narcs. What? They're not cop. Like, they're gonna know. be. They're gonna be dispensaries opening up. How do you? Or, and and there's gonna be places where you walk by and there's gonna be that distinct smell. What are you going to tell them then? They already have that distinct smell. Like, right. It's legal sure. in the state of New York. Right. right. Also, and most of their parents smoke. Like, yes. yeah. But like, also, like I said, like their theoretical idea is like that some eight-year-old is going to be like, "Where did you get this?" What eight-year-old is like an FBI agent who asks <laughs> yeah. where you get? They're like, no, they're going to be like, "Cool, uh, Lisa Frank you- Trapper Keeper." All right. <laughs> right. Like, 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 Can I put stickers on it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, we got you free stickers and paper. Yeah. And they'll be like, "Oh, sweet, I love this." Yeah. Not there's not one single kid who's like, yeah. "Please explain to me where these came yeah, from." Yeah, right. I gotta know. 
I mean, ethically sourced. Um, unless they have like uh, like rolling papers for like the book binders no. that they. Have. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's all it, all the paper is wide ruled and grape flavored. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck me, man. That's, that's so that's so ridiculous. Like, I just the idea that like you'd have to explain to the kids where like their pencils <laughs> yeah, came from. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what that, the fuck? That's my thing. Is like like none of these kids give a shit where the eraser came from. They're just like, oh, I have a star shaped eraser now. Isn't this cool? Or I have a kitten shaped eraser. Like, if that sticker shop bought like four thousand kitten shaped erasers. Every single kid in that school would be like, oh, this is the coolest school ever. They would not know a thing about that sticker shop. Dude, even if they were like pot leaf erasers, like, <laughs> right. Like that would be like, I think who cares? You know, they're just yeah. like, oh, okay. They're erasers, man. I don't know. What, <laughs> what do you want? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a, so stupid. Way, right. to go, way to go. Cheek to walk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again. Yeah. Way to go. Cheek to walk. Way to be way more conservative than you need to be. Like we, we got to yell at Brian Noack about. This. I expect that out of Skip Gingrich and Marilla. Oh well, I, he probably wouldn't even do something like this. Skip, yeah, you think Skip would would, would turn away the school supplies? There's no school in Marilla. Nah. They, <laughs> they use Iroquois and Elma. That's true. Okay, well, so yes, he would. Yes, is. he would turn it away. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he he might. There are no stakes. <laughs> yeah, he would turn it away. <laughs> Oh, oh well, and as as we're winding down here, uh, Jim on our news of the week, yeah. um, special shout out to friend of the pod, Jessica. Yes, my sister Jessica adopted a dog this week. Oh, okay. Now she has long been obsessed with wiener dogs, mm-hmm. and she found a wiener dog for adoption in the city of Portland, Maine. Uh, she adopted a wiener dog and named it Ketchup. Oh, that's right. very cute. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I was I, I offered maybe Worcestershire or like sauerkraut, uh-huh. but no, no ketchup is. There'd be a lot of people upset with that, by the way. You know, mustard is traditionally the hot dog. Uh, yeah, true. oh yeah, condiment. Yeah. Well, you could also and, say chili. I don't know. Yeah, right. but and, uh, so and uh, so they have an elderly cat, Prue, and she sent me a picture. Uh, sent me a video yesterday of uh, detente, uh, peace negotiations. Oh right, between ketchup and and Prue. And I was like, uh, well, give him hell, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank So yes. Uh, shout out to Jessica and to Ketchup. Here's right. the, here's the piece in Portland. And, and 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 also to Josh. Oh yeah, and to Josh. Yeah, let's, I mean, oh, we'll okay. give a shout out to Josh too. Mm-hmm. We love Josh. Right. We love, we love Ketchup. And we love Ketchup, and and we we really love Prue. Sure. So we love them. Friends of the pod, yeah, one yeah. one and all. And all you listeners out there. If you're thinking about adopting a pet, go go for it. Yeah, definitely adopt a pet. Don't we should get to, somebody from like the SPCA on? Yeah, I well, I happen to be related to one. Yeah, no, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Nepotism. Don't say yeah. I can't get you anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. It's, right. It's, it's, he's he he's related to a pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to say that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, folks, we um, I don't I don't know how you're going to edit this, Rye. We do do we talk about want to talk about Rivera? Did we mention that? Oh, we should talk about. Oh, we, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Friend of the pod, John Rivera got endorsed for re-election this week in the 149th. He's probably uh, going to probably going to steamroll. I I mean you know, I would I mean uh, run uncontested maybe maybe uncontested. Uh, look, uh, if if I were Senator Ben Carlisle and I was going to run for office, 
I would run against the guy who's only been in office one term and had no money, like John Rivera, as opposed to the guy who's been in office for multiple terms and had hundreds of thousands of dollars, like Sean Ryan. But what do I know? I'm not Senator Ben Carlisle. Um, send, ben. send Ben. Send Ben. Send Ben. Well, send Ben for life. We'll 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 keep an eye on that. Coming up next, Rad Pack, we've got an interview with the folks from Burning Books. All right. Well, that's uh, this week at the Square. Yeah, I'm Stephen Stills. <laughs> I'm Graham Nash. <laughs> I'm the other one. <laughs> Everybody. Welcome back to The Square. Today's guests, we have a very special uh, couple of guests here from Burning Books in Buffalo. We have Teresa Baker and Leslie James Pickering. Guys, welcome to The Square. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. We are talking today about your wonderful establishment, Burning Books on Connecticut Street. Well, maybe not just on Connecticut Street, as it turns out. Is that right? Is it? Uh, we're, we're talking expansion soon? Yes, but... We are um, fortunate to be able to expand right into the property next door. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going well, I'm anywhere. I'm a goofball. No. <laughs> so you're doubling down on Connecticut yeah, Street. Yeah, we are. Right. We're not going anywhere. It's just going to be you and like Minion Sapios. It's like the only things well, on Connecticut Street. Don't forget Bread Hive. Don't and, forget Bread Hive. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget Bread Hive. <laughs> you haven't been on Connecticut Street in a while. Connecticut's actually. I was, I was there two weeks ago at Sizzles. Well, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Sizzles is there. Right. Do, do you yeah. get a little do you get a lot of walk-ins from the Mr. Sizzles crowd or do they they don't make it down to I it's hard to say. We get a lot of walk-ins. We get a lot of I would say we have a lot of synthesis with Red Hive. Um, mm-hmm. but oh, I yeah. I can't say for sure about Mr. Sizzles. Uh, you you would know they'd have the meat sweats. You'd see them just <laughs> <laughs> So let's first off, let's talk about Burning Books. Um how how long has Burning Books been in Buffalo? Like how long have you guys been in buffalo are you, are you i'm sorry i don't know your history but are you from born and raised in buffalo yeah so i'm i'm from buffalo um i haven't always lived here yeah. but uh i live here now and we've been on connecticut street the burning books has been open since 2011 so a decade damn I, i'm actually from um outside binghamton okay. okay and i moved here to go to ub in 94 so i've been here since then so you're pretty much from buffalo yeah like, it's yeah, like yeah <laughs> yeah so what first off why why the west side why connecticut street you guys were there before it was like hip and cool to be on the west side of buffalo you you're ogs on <laughs> on the west side well i had a connection to the west side you know from from my youth um but when i moved back to buffalo in the early 2000s you know just kind of looked around and was drawn to the west side there used to be this like um you know for for people of a certain demographic and economic status, there was like an invisible wall along um, Richmond mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I, I I usually like to topple those kind of walls. You know, it just explored the west side a lot and other neighborhoods, east side, parts of South Buffalo was exploring Buffalo a lot and just really got into the west side. It's, it's dense and urban and super diverse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and back then it felt like, you know, there was a lot of possibility to do stuff in that neighborhood. It, at that point it was, well, right when we opened the bookstore, it was... The most one four two one three was the most diverse zip code in the state, mm-hmm. which I don't I don't Damn. know that it is anymore. Yeah, isn't that incredible? What? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. 
Um, I, I feel like it has become maybe a little less diverse in the last um, few years, but but it's still a really great, a really yeah, great place. We to love be. the West Side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great neighborhood. I mean, I lived uh, right on Seventeenth Street there, mm-hmm. between Richmond and Connecticut, uh, for a couple of years. Geez, like ten years ago now, right around the corner from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved the neighborhood. I loved living there. I mean, I would take the bus to work and then take get, the, get off the bus. It had to be maybe eight years ago because Black Sheep was open by then. Mm-hmm. It was no longer Golden Key, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because I would I would get off the bus from on the way uh, my way home for work and then invariably stop at Black Sheep for a, a drink or two at the bar and you know have a Manhattan or two on my way home. We're not burning books. We're not talking about uh, Barnes and Noble here. We're, we're talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about a bookstore with a decidedly political bent in view. Not to, you know, don't give me the elevator pitch, but I guess what's sort of the mission statement of Burning Books or what, you know, what would you, if somebody asked you, like, what is, where are we coming from with Burning Books, our, our ideology or point of view? Yeah, so we're a radical bookstore, right? <laughs> um, that's, that's the point. Um, yeah. You know, we actually went around and toured various radical bookstores before we opened Burning Books to get a sense of what we thought was going well and what could go better. So we were like all around the country checking places out. And, um, you know, we really wanted to open up a place that did focus on politics that were challenging even for lefties, mm-hmm. um, uh, but also create a space that was open and comfortable and available for anybody to come in. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, so that was sort of our objective. Over the years, we got a little bit better at actually running a business. I think we still have <laughs> some a, a way to go. But um, but I think we're I think we made a lot of progress, you know. But that's the objective is to is to have a bookstore that is focusing on things that are usually out of the view of most people. Politics that are a little bit more challenging, um, but in a in a way that is accessible mm-hmm. to everybody. I I like to say we have a really highly curated selection that focuses on social justice movements um, and history. So yeah, you guys have like a a collection of books that frankly you probably wouldn't find anywhere else right right and it's from my uh re- my recollection from being in in your sh- shop uh it's social justice focus it's history focus but it's not just u.s focused in fact it's it's almost explicitly not just u.s focused there's a lot of southern hemisphere stuff too um which really if you want to get into the thought of more radical left political processes and and being in- engaged that's where a lot of it, especially like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I think you saw. Um, and, 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 I mean, and if I'm wrong, tell me. I'm, but I mean, like that's what I remember from being in your store is, is that if, if that's something that you want to get into and, or you're curious about or maybe you don't want to get into, but you should. That's something that you guys bring around that you're not going to find at another independent bookstore. And you're certainly not going to find it at a fucking Barnes and Nobles or an Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We we came into this project with already sort of a, a pretty extensive history of associations with radical movements, um, political and social justice movements that um, maybe already had people who were political prisoners. And we had a lot of experience working with and organizing around political prisoner cases. So it, it's just we're we're presenting um, perhaps a different view of these politics that is that is recognizing that it's not always peaceful or easy or nice uh, to struggle for justice in this world and tend to recognize that those, that those other things play important roles too. So we'll have stuff on, you know, Martin Luther King in there, but we'll also have stuff on, you know, uh, maybe somebody who's done decades in prison for mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, so-called terrorist activity or, you know, uh, 
focused on a social justice cause of another. So, so yeah, you know, that's, that's just something we're bringing to the table. And I think that that's bringing that forward in a way that is um, comfortable and easy for people to see, you know, come in and, and actually without the stigma, being able to look at that information and be like, Oh, okay. Now I, now I maybe understand a little bit more about it. It's really part of our goal. Yeah, no. And it's, it's quite admirable. Um, in, in my humble opinion, but also like I, I think about the market, you know, again, business here, but the market that we're in Buffalo is not like this bastion of, of leftism. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say. Um, I, I do think that there are a lot of great organizations and great people who are, you know, not, not to use the unfortunately kind of tired phrase now, but doing the work. And yet this is a, a decidedly quite conservative area and place um, at in in a lot of different facets what was it like to open this you know open this business and and basically you know working towards your radical politics in a place like buffalo like have you has it been like all sunshine and roses or has there been a lot of pushback i think that one of the um one of the thing the things that's really unique about burning books um versus other radical spaces around the country that we found is that and it and, and i think it's held true since we opened is uh is that if you come to an event at the space it's it's not what you would typically expect to find at at an event at a radical space it's an incredibly diverse crowd they're not all activists they are not coming from uh, from radical past or radical organizing past it's people who are just genuinely interested in the topic and i think that there is a lot of radical history to Buffalo. There's, that's been a lot of labor organizing. We have we have a lot of older. Um, one actually, that's one of the one of the groups that I'm really happy that that um, that they engage with the bookstores. That there's a lot of older people who have been involved in social justice movements in the area for a long time and um, and still engage and come out. And support the space, and there, and then there's also yeah younger people who are um, who are involved in you know the there's a you know there's a like the, I think you just mentioned there's a large nonprofit scene, or we're alluding to it anyways in the um, in the city, and and those folks come in, and and then just people off the street at that that are interested. People are frustrated, mm-hmm. and they're um, they're looking for uh, an outlet or a community to connect with other people who feel similarly. And I really, I do. I really love that you can walk into one of our events and you're not, it's not going to be who you're expecting. When we first opened, I think that that was something that was a little bit surprising to us was the amount of support that actually did exist. I mean, we kind of had a sense that it existed already or else maybe we wouldn't have opened it in Buffalo. But, you know, under the surface of, you know, the stereotypical, you know, what's going on in Western New York ideas has for as long as I've known been this counterculture of arts and culturals and mm-hmm. general left, mm-hmm. um, the theater scene, for example, like you can go see some pretty radical theater in Buffalo and, you know, who know, who would have known, but, um, but that's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. And so that whole network has been strong for, for decades mm-hmm. and, uh, really supported burning books from the beginning. I mean, we had a front page art voice article when we opened as we opened you know and along the way we've been uh, gotten all kinds of support from all kinds of people so it's been great yeah i think you know what's important for people to maybe think about or understand is that there has been you know and there is a more of a radical or, or counterculture type of community in buffalo in west new york 
but they don't get the press that the more median conservative sure. uh, or uh, they, or the radical shitheads. Well, yeah. Well, the, the reactionaries, right? The reactionaries. I mean, you yeah. sure. On the on the right, get from especially like the Buffalo News yeah. and even to a certain extent uh, to the the local news channels. You know, like a radical organization. Like I have an acquaintance who used to go uh, to Burning Books for like the uh, prison abolition reading group. Yeah, right. That was never going to get covered in the Buffalo News. But you know, <laughs> shit has skipped Gingrich and Marilla says he's going to secede from the county because of nonsense reasons. And the Buffalo News can't write to write can't wait to write six fawning art- articles mm-hmm. about like how he's being ruined by this tyrant Mark Polencars, who <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, the uh, Mark Polencars who's maybe like if you could def- if you could put a picture of a Clinton Democrat into a dictionary, <laughs> Mark Polencars might be it. The the guy who's a lawyer and an accountant, at, you know, who lives on Delaware Avenue in in the city of Buffalo. But yeah, he's he's really he's bringing the left leftism to to Marilla and, mm-hmm. and Alden in Wales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Creep creeping leftism yeah. in in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> So to not not pivot really, but I, I want to talk to you guys because I know obviously being like a politically minded bookstore like with a mission, obviously you you value free speech, and I, I want to talk. I guess like being like in that space in the year twenty twenty two, where inexplicably it feels like all over the country we're kind of going backwards in some ways, where where all of a sudden like there's this whole. Um, critical race theory is is the topic mm-hmm. du jour and and books are getting banned and now we're don't say gay it, it it's just wild to me that we have moved it, it's it's funny because you always think like time and and values are, are linear they always go we're always getting more progressive we're always doing better and we see that's not true throughout the country and and like throughout the world so i guess just as like an independent bookstore just see kind of your thoughts like what what the hell? What, what's what's going on? Why are we banning books? Why are we blotting out words or whatever? Mm-hmm. I guess I'd just like to point out, uh, and I find myself doing this a lot recently, that this is actually what progress tends to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when we look back at history, we look at certain decades and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, things really moved far ahead in the 60s or whatever in America. You know, but if you were to take if you were to actually transplant yourself at that time, you know, the KKK was having a resurgence at that point, too. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is this is what struggle and progress tends to actually look like on the ground. And it doesn't, you know, a lot of times we feel like, oh, no, like, you know, we could just name whoever was used to be president or whatever politicians are sort of advancing right now. And we could be like, yikes, this is bad. But at the same time, the same months and years, we can point to, the, like, say, the George Floyd uprising or the Me Too movement or what have you. And those are huge moments of progress uh, for the left. And I think that. Uh, it was important that a moment ago we pointed out that, you know, on the far right, what you have is reactionaries, right? Um, people who can't handle a little bit of progress, can't handle being accountable to other people, maybe having to adjust their language or being asked to adjust their language or behavior in certain ways or sacrifice a little bit of their privilege. So they're like lashing out in these really, you know, kind of obscene ways. And that makes it feel like, oh, no, there's a really huge right resurgence. Well, Actually, the only reason that they're making any noise at all is because we've been making progress on the left, and 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 they can't handle it. Right. It's 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 more like the the last gasps of somebody who's drowning. Exactly. Uh, you know, you see that especially like I think of that it with Idaho this week with their anti-trans law, which includes that you can't even leave the state to get treatment for your child 
or else they're considered that a felony. Well, they, they had to do that because they have like Washington and Oregon right next to them, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like those states that would be like, you know, Come on mean, not that wait, Eastern Washington and Eastern Oregon are not <laughs> yeah, accepting right. them, but like you can drive through and get to the coast where they'll actually take, like, they'll help you and take care of you and your kids. Idaho had to do that because like, they, if not, you know, they would, it would, you just work around them. Mm-hmm. And they're, so they're taking every step they can. And you see like Texas doing this, sim, something similar. Texas isn't saying you can't go to other states because Texas is fucking enormous and all of its metropolitan areas aren't close to other states. You have to drive through a lot of Texas to get to other areas. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you're in Idaho, you're probably on the border of either Washington or Oregon. You know, you're, you're not on the border with Montana because nobody fucking lives there. It's like you and two antelopes. <laughs> I'm of the opinion where you could say whatever the hell you want. Um, you should be able to say whatever the hell you want, and people should be able to tell you you're stupid, you're evil, you know, what have you. There should be consequences to the things that you say. Um, it's just fascinating to me, though, that the flip side of that is like people just saying, we literally can't say the word gay in Florida or whatever they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're getting rid of books in schools because, of, like I said, critical race mm-hmm. theory or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense that, they're, that there's a movement to to limit free speech in this country, frankly. And it's, it's done under the guise of, um, you know, protecting families, protecting children. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that it, it, you're right. You're right. That, uh, Leslie, that it is reactionary that when the good things are happening, they're going to, the hit dogs are going to holler the loudest. Yes. Uh, but man, it's a little scary too. It is. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Mississippi, the Mississippi teacher who got fired for reading? I need a new butt. Did you, have, have you not, read about this? I have not heard that, and oh, I don't okay. know that book. Well, evidently, butt is too vulgar for Miss, Mississippi folks. Right, uh, yeah. right, yeah. Mississippi famously, you know, what was famously this? clutching pearls. This was this week, and it was it was an assistant principal. Yeah. So, like the the teacher that was supposed to read to the students, they were like, I don't know, elementary school. I can okay. cut this out or whatever, but uh, an, uh, an elementary school administrator in Mississippi has said he was fired for reading I Need a New Butt, a humorous children's book about bottoms to a class of second graders. The incident has spurred criticism of free speech advocates who claim the termination could have chilling have a chilling effect at a time of conservative-fueled pushes to ban books in schools across the U.S. Do you know why he needed a new butt? <laughs> I haven't read the I mean, book I, myself. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, I like I'd be could, happy to buy it from okay. your store. <laughs> Ryan's a connoisseur of second grade books, and that's my reading level. I, I, I'm happy to admit it. But it, no, I I want to like get back quick to like you know because it's it's not just like free speech stuff, but it's anything that's seen as leftist or progressive. Mm-hmm. You want to see like the reactionaries. Just last year, we like we talked about we had India Walton on the show. We talked to her twice. She won the Democratic primary for yeah. mayor. That she said that she was, you know, a democratic socialist mm-hmm. was and, and maintain that stance. Right. She never, yeah, yeah, she never, never backed down right. from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, was so far cra- so crazy for the reactionary people in West New York yeah. that you had, you know, shitbag Stefan Mahailu campaigning against her when he was running for Hamburg supervisor. He didn't he didn't campaign against Randy Hoke, who ended up beating him in the race. He <laughs> campaigned against India Walton. You know, you had like people in like East Aurora and Lancaster saying like Antifa is going to come out to our towns. First of all, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, they don't give a shit about the town of Lancaster. Like they, like 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 if they are making a list of the top like five thousand places Antifa is going, it, in 
in the world where Antifa is so organized that they're making a list yeah. of the top five thousand places in the, the world last that they're stand going. at the Green Buffalo, pub. <laughs> right? Yeah, like yeah, like they're gonna like they're marching down like Broadway and Central in the village <laughs> of Lancaster. Like, can I get a fucking life, people? Some of this stuff is like so absurd. Whether it's whether it's that kind of thing or just this backlash against critical race theory and like just or not saying the word gay exactly, right? So uh, I mean, all this stuff is so over the top. In a, in a sense, that's actually a, a good thing. Because I think that anyone, you know, with a decent head on their shoulders can look at this and be like, wow, this is this is too much. This doesn't make any sense, right? This is not the direction we want to go in. I think that the part that is scary is that there doesn't seem to be quite enough people looking at it that way. And or maybe maybe a better way to to say it is that um there's a surprising number of people who are looking at it and not seeing it that way. Right. Well, I think one of the issues that we're really seeing come to a head in this country is that you have one political party, the Republican Party, who whether something's popular or not, even if it's popular or not or not popular with their own constituency, the elected officials are of such a small enclave in that party that they're passing things and they're doing things that might be to the detriment to like the longevity of the party because they, all they care about is the, the short-term victories. Uh, but it, it might lead to some long-term victories because they're going to basically excommunicate some people from uh, society. I mean, you're seeing that with like, you know, uh, with Texas, with their new restrictions for their mail-in voting, they rejected like thirty-five thousand ballots this week uh, for mail-in voting. Just be- like not because those ballots shouldn't be valid for any reason other than you know for this technicality or this technicality, they don't fall under the new vote by mail rules that Texas put into place, basically to hurt Democrats. Which is crazy because like that's the other thing that Republicans think that like all Democrats they think Joe Biden is like. The epitome of like a leftist, <laughs> and it's insane to me mm-hmm. that like th- like that is what's going through their head. Like, like if Andrew McCarthy, uh, but I, do you guys know who Andrew McCarthy is? He is uh, a former intelligence agent. He's running in the uh, Republican primary against Chris Jacobs for the congressional seat that goes from basically the you know eastern suburbs of West New York all the mm-hmm. way up to Watertown, mm-hmm. and he's running from the right and from the far right. Awesome. Any, yeah. Any love, relation love that to for Joe him. McCarthy? <laughs> I, I, you would think. I bet he, um, I bet he wishes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it probably would poll well for him. But, I mean, you know, so you get, like, like insane people like this running, and they're going to push, like, just, like, absolute bonkers stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what, I have to root for Chris Jacobs now? Because like you, you can just you can just say nothing. I mean like like I mean like my parents live in that district, so I don't want I don't hope the whole district just like falls into the center of the earth. Yeah. But like if ninety nine percent of the district outs like just cut out, carve out like where my parents live, and like all the rest of it just falls twelve miles into the center of the earth, like whatever, that's fine. Oh well, we've we've gone pretty far afield here, but <laughs> Lake Ontario might swallow it up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's bring it back home to Connecticut Street, guys. So Burning Books is, you get, it's been over a decade now, you said, and you're expanding. Like, clearly it's been successful that you found, I I hate to use the word niche because it, like, plugs you in, like, a little hole somewhere. But, like, you you found an audience, you found um, a community, and and it's successful enough that it's expanding. What, um, what, what made you want to expand or what, um... I don't know. Like it, it's, it's clearly successful. You guys are clearly successful. You've done something um, very popular and growing. Like when when did that decision get made? Be like, hey, we need more space. Well, we've been talking about it for uh, for a little while. Um, the storefront, you know, it is limited 
in size. <laughs> and we, um, you know, it, it seems like every January we've been doing um, like an overhaul in the shelving or in the displaying to try and just like really pack more stuff and give us a little bit more room. Like the shelves will fill up. How can we do this like a little different to give us some more space? And we're at the point where we've like, there's nothing else that we can do. And um, we're actually adding more since the, since the pandemic started, you know, so we used to do, you know, multiple events a month and we haven't done anything since, uh, since the pandemic. Cause it, cause we do have to like really pack people, mm-hmm. we pack people in. Um, so the bookshelves are on wheels. There's, you know, shelves all around the walls and then the, in the center of the room, the bookshelves are on wheels and then we slide them over and fill the space up with chairs when we do events. But, um, we've gotten to the point where we're just adding in more interior um, display space. They're still on wheels, but it's definitely cutting down into, um, into, into the event space at this point. So with the expansion, it's basically, it's going to be basically doubling the, uh, the store frontage. So there'll be twice as much retail floor space and, um, and then so side to side, doubling and then going back in the in the new building um there's going to be a dedicated event space so which will be larger and which which will be always available you know as it is right now it's hard for folks to use the space during during operating hours so if they want to we do have a lot of like book clubs or um organizations that want to use the space for meetings and so with the expansion um it'll be available not just uh, after business hours, but but during opening hours as well, which will be really exciting. Yeah, you know, part of it is that we've been doing more business and, and we yeah. do business in multiple ways. There's people who come in off the street, obviously, uh, and buy books at the store, but we also sell online and uh, and that's been getting busier and busier, especially with the pandemic. We, we started doing curbside even deliveries for a short bit in, in Buffalo. Um, and then we do a lot of tabling events. We actually table all the way you know, east to Boston and all the way west to, I say Indianapolis, but sometimes St. Louis mm-hmm. um, at different events. So we, we, we do some big tabling. We have a pretty aggressive tabling uh, mm-hmm. schedule, which does a lot of business as well. And it's just really hard to fit that in that space. And one of the things that, that makes it hard to, to, to do, makes it hard to function, is that we actually need more staff to do that much business. Mm-hmm. And there's very, very, if you think there's not much room in there for, for shopping, there's way less room for staff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just very tiny space. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we need this. We've needed it for years, and we need it to so, so that we can get to a point of being more sustainable and and function more properly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just something that we've been we've been dealing with for a while, not having enough space. But to get this space is going to fix a lot of a lot of struggles and problems, mm-hmm. that we In- have. including um, like right now, the space isn't accessible like there's a step into the um, mm-hmm. into the store and the only bathroom is up a short staircase so the expansion is also going to include like the entire space accessible which is we're really excited right. about other than either going online or coming into the shop and, and purchasing things if i'm interested in supporting you guys in your endeavors how can we support you yeah 
Yeah, so outside of coming in the shop and just giving a cash check donation or donation at the <laughs> counter, um, you can actually check out our Patreon account, which is something that we're pushing right now. I think that for a project like this, it's way cooler to get a lot of people giving small amounts of money than it is to get a handful of people giving large amounts of money. So uh, Patreon's a great way to do that. And we have it set up so you can give as little as $5 a month. It's you know pretty painless for most people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, course you can give more if you want but that's friends of burning books on patreon you could just search burning books on patreon you find it right away um and then we also have a gofundme that's going for people who want to do one-time donations so on gofundme you can just search help burning books expand um again if you just go to gofundme and search burning books you'll find it right away so it's pretty easy so those are two there's not a lot of burning books in mississippi i mean there are but it's a totally different thing And and if and if you did want to uh, visit the brick and mortar, you guys are at four twenty Connecticut, right? Yep. That's right. Yep. Cool. Pop in there. Um, it's a great space. Do you have any Do you have any events coming up? I know you said you put the pause button since the pandemic, but with things easing or whatever, are there any plans to have any? We're watching. Events? We're watching. You know the uh, the pandemic climate right now, um, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to be able to do some events again soon. However, as Teresa mentioned, it, they're going to have to be a little bit smaller events than we've had mm-hmm. in the past for a couple of reasons. Our space is getting tighter and people need more space now that the pandemic is existing. So yeah, uh, yeah. So and right. So, hopefully we'll change. Them. Yeah. And so really the, the sooner we're able to finish with the fundraising mm-hmm. and get the project going, then we can have more events, mm-hmm. the more bigger <laughs> events. Again, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah people, makes sense to me. More people help yeah. out. But, um, but also we, I think that there are some, um, kind of exciting, uh, fundraising, gatherings um in the works so um so yeah so if folks are interested in that um you could follow us on social media and we also um have a newsletter that like a, an email newsletter that goes out that people can sign up on um through our website that keeps people up to date on what's going on which is burningbooks.com yeah simple enough wow good good on you guys for getting that url i feel like <laughs> oh, that's a story yeah we could do a whole podcast <laughs> oh, yeah. just on that <laughs> maybe we'll have you back on to talk about that that's yeah, i'm interested in it now. yeah <laughs> all right well hey thank you so much for joining us thank here you. at the square and uh yeah i'm sure we'll have you guys I'm, I'm i'm assuming when things open up um maybe even closer to the summertime there'll be more stuff going on so we'll how about a live podcast at burning books i oh, awesome. yeah. do that someday yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there we yeah. Go. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.